Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Have you ever thought of the ways to rinse yourself of anxiety, self-doubt, and fear? In this exciting episode, we have the privilege of hearing from acclaimed yoga teacher and personal coach, Mia Togo. We go deep into the details of Mia's journey, from practicing yoga, to teaching yoga, to now mentoring yoga teachers worldwide. Today, Mia reveals a method to find clarity in your voice through self-acceptance and true love. Judgment is the end, you're done. Truth comes with understanding because it allows empathy. Empathy means I can feel me while you feel you. I don't need to feel for you. I don't need to do your work for you. Doesn't mean I condone your behavior. Doesn't mean I condone or I agree with you, but I have, if I'm judging you, how can we ever have these deeper conversations? Learn to accept your light and truly shine as Mia shows us a path to rinse away fear and empower your mind on this exciting episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Beautiful day, Yoga Revealed listeners. It brings me absolute joy to be sitting across from the amazing Mia Togo today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Andrew. Awesome. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast specifically because in going to your classes and learning more about your lineage and how just completely immersed in your practice you are and also in women's rights and basically like the women that you work with and all the different things that you do is just like bringing forth this light towards the yoga vinyasa community. Mm. And I know that you've been teaching here in Santa Monica for quite some time. Yeah. And so I, I really I really am looking forward to hearing your story on how yoga was first revealed to you. Mm. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I'm just so grateful that I get to be in this community and I get to live where I, get, I live and teach where I teach. And when I show up in my classes, it truly is 
it's such a privilege and a joy to be able to hold space for you know all the the shifting and the growth and the transformation that's happening I think so profoundly right now but in addition throughout my life and through how yoga has revealed so many different things that had I not had this practice it wouldn't have revealed the way that it did mm. so yeah it's powerful powerful stuff yeah definitely <laughs> and I feel that we're living in a very powerful time mm-hmm. and now more than ever yoga is truly what I would call tempering people for change like really allowing them to to have the tools that they need to be able to move forward and be progressive in a modern world of change yeah oh yeah and I think you know as much as a lot of us say intellectually we like change I think you know the work that I do as a yoga teacher and a life coach as well is is like really investigate the part of you that doesn't like it because there is a part of us that wants the familiar or holds on with some resistance or stubbornness and Mm -hmm. that always gets revealed too in our practice Um, and I think it's important and I talk about it in a lot of the even the the work that I do as a a yoga teacher as well as a coach uh, working with your shadow working with the shadow parts of our humanity and I think when they're disowned or not acknowledged they come out in really funky uh, hurtful and projection and all kinds of ways that we're like ooh where did that come from Mm -hmm. and I think that's why so much is going on in the external and the collective right now because there's been a lot of disowned shadow yeah Mm -hmm. I I could totally see that and I feel that yoga is definitely one of those places that people can feel comfortable to address their shadow because they're surrounded by so much light. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's what's important, too. And when I started my yoga journey is that I felt because I had done so much work prior to actually stepping into a yoga practice. I'd studied psychology. I'd worked with a teacher and a very powerful coach and therapist for many years. So when I stepped into the, the yoga, it was it really wasn't love at first sight, to be honest. I always tell this story. Um, but I, I, what I realized is through my own development and my own spiritual path is that the, it's like, I always think of the yin and yang symbol, how it's mm-hmm. got that it's half black and it's half white, but it, those two halves make the whole. And if we disown the, what we call the shadow or the, the murkier parts of our personality, that's spiritual. To me, to, to be able to own your anger and your rage and your upsets and work through it constructively, you are holding space to really own your light. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't own that part of us, how can we... How can we live in our light and how can we look out in the world and see that in other people and love them even when they're in their, you know, in their shadow? And that's, whoo, that ain't easy, (laughs) but it takes a practice. (laughs) Totally. It's like you got to learn how to do it for yourself first before you can do it for others. Yeah. So I want to go back to some of the (laughs) earlier days of you discovering yoga. When was the first time that you remember actually discovering yoga? I do. I discovered yoga. I was about let's see, twenty four years ago. About twenty four years ago, I had um, I had been a professional dancer for quite some time in Los Angeles, and I was studying. I went to UCLA, and I got my degree in psychology. And I realized I didn't want to go the academic route for a lot of different reasons. Um, I just felt like the intellect intellectualization and talking about things wasn't for me specifically working. Um, and so I had ventured into a path of working with a very gifted coach and therapist and who was just, you know, for lack of a better world, just spiritually downloaded. And she took us on a journey, many of us. Um, who was she? Her name's Mona Miller. Hmm. Mona Miller. She had communication arts um, program. And I started with her right when she was starting her program. And the work that she did was profound. And she used to tease me. She's like, you're like the princess in the pea. It's like, we got to get that pea. And I was like, yeah, I got to find that pea because I can't find it. It's driving me crazy in ways that 
were affecting and impacting my life. And so through, we did what we called a lot of rinsing mm. and processing. And through the rinsing, which I, I realized there was a lot that I was holding on from my lineage, from my ancestry. Um, even though my mom and dad had given me you know, a great childhood, there were things that they hadn't rinsed. So I mm. had energetically picked it all up. And so I, it was my work and my responsibility to work through all of that because I kept bringing it into my relationship with myself and certainly the relationships I was having, the more intimate relationships. Um, so tell me more about Mona's work. What exactly is it that you were doing and what is a rinse? A rinse is being able... So a lot of times intellectually or, or mentally, our left brain gets things. Like we understand, oh yes, I want to change this behavior. Oh yes, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh yes, I don't want to be addictive. But that's the right brain says it works on a whole different time tra- timetable. Mm. And when you work with the right brain and let it have its worth, and we call, you know, she used to call them crazy voices, is that those crazy voices, we all have them to a certain degree, the editor, the critic, and they need to have worth. We don't want to just intellectually shut them down in the basin, basement because mm. it creates shame. Mm. And a lot of our, our world is living in this very shame-based culture. We protect, we don't show this, I need to have the perfect, even in yoga, I need to have the perfect pose or the perfect body or the perfect la 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 la. And then we, we suffer because we're not honestly... A, a, acknowledging who we truly are. And I I think at the heart of yoga, that is what we are discovering, is lift that veil of illusion so we get back to that truth. Mm -hmm. But Mona took us on this process of, I had all of this anger and this rage and I did not know where it was coming from. Intellectually, it did not make sense, but it needed to come out. And if I kept burying it, it would come out in very destructive ways. It would come out in addictive um, tendencies. So it was giving that part of my psyche worth it wasn't the truth, but she would always say feelings are like a school of fish. If you let the feelings come up and you move through them, like the anger and the rage work, which is actually physically rinsing it out, then the sadness and the hurt child and you know all of the hurt feelings were able to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't sitting in the basement pretending that they weren't there and like shame growing like a fungus and sort of marring everything that I would see. I couldn't see clearly. So it's it was like taking this veil off and letting it come out and then doing a lot of writing and, you know, self study and self observation. Um, not and not a a self indulgent way, but a way of connecting back to the inner child. And mm. the inner child is where we're born into our, our beauty and our brilliance. But a lot of us are taught to cover it up because it's not acceptable or it's quirky or it's eccentric and the older I've gotten and through all of these practices I'm so much happier because all of that stuff that I collected along the way and the mess that I put on and the armor to pretend like I I got this all together (laughs) just they drop away and I don't care now what people think I did then because I wanted at the end of the day we all want validation and love and a connection and if we don't have that connection and we don't know how to create it inside of ourselves, we'll go and try and, and find it in ways that are not always healthy. Mm. So this was like health, constructively and a healthy way of rinsing all of this out um, in a therapeutic sense. So it wasn't sitting there driving my subconscious behaviors. And our, the subconscious part of me needed to get the psyche needed to clear that, mm. to rinse it. And I found, you know, a lot of abandonment stuff that was there. I had never been abandoned, but my mom had been abandoned um, as a little girl in a convent by her mother and never saw her mom again. My mom never talked about it. And I didn't know this until she passed away, really. Wow. She just, because she kept it in the basement. Mm. But it was crazy. What I, what I found out through this work is I had all of those inner child abandonment issues, even though it didn't literally physically happen to me, 
energetically it went in. And yeah. so it really taught me the power of energy and the power of our psyche and the power of the subconscious. If it is not heard and understood, it will keep driving a lot of our choices in which turns into addiction. And I think it's safe to say that most people have some kind of addictive behavior, it, just meaning that you know, we go through something and we want to feel good mm -hmm. and we don't know how to make ourselves feel better. So, you know, we can shop too much. We can eat too much. We can, it's not always like, you know, porn and drugs and alcohol, which it can be, mm -hmm. but anything we do to check out of our feelings. And that's what was so powerful about this work is I learned how to check in with my feelings. And I talk about feelings and emotions a lot, yeah. even in the yoga work that I do and the teachings, because to me, that's a part that is so essential essential for us to move forward in present time wow i mean i i feel completely that i i resonate with that and when i first started yoga i think that a lot of the reason that i felt so attached to it was because it was helping me go through that rinsing process of understanding that when those thoughts come up in your body they're also related to emotional bodies that we have as well and it's kind of like the yoga practice is an opportunity for us to be able to open up those spaces, look into them and say, hey, I got to deal with this, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely can resonate with that. Yeah, because our bodies, we do hold so much, you know, on a cellular level. We're carrying so much. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think you know, it's so interesting too. starting my yoga practice, kind of rewinding back is when I was working with um, Mona and I had been a dancer and people had said to me, quite a few people were like, oh, you're, you'd love yoga. You would love yoga. I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know, they kept planning the seeds. I'm like, we'll see about that. We'll just see. I'll oh, be the decider. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually started in martial arts and I studied martial arts for many years. Um, so I learned how to kick booty um, pretty good. <laughs> I was almost a black belt. I was a wow. brown belt with a stripe. And I loved it. I loved it. Um, but then I realized, I think through still the work that I was doing, um, that I needed to soften because mm -hmm. I was, it's so funny too. People today, you know, they'll say, oh, you're, you're so in your feminine energy or you have this, I don't really like the word <laughs> goddess. I think goddess is way overused, but no, I mean, it's fine. But I like warrior. I think warrior, ah. for, like a soft warrior, mm -hmm. because I think that's that part of me that's always fighting for change and fighting for growth and fighting for myself and fighting for people who don't have the tools at, at this time or right now to not, if they don't see that, I help them, you know, f get those tools so they can make their way through their own change. Mm -hmm. So I like that idea of the warrior. Um, so when I stepped into yoga, I went to a couple classes and I was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and I always tell this story because I lead teacher trainings and yeah. so many people are like, I fell in love. I'm like, oh God, it was not love at first sight for me. <laughs> I was like, what is this yoga stuff? This is boring. I don't like, you know, it was just too dull, I thought, yeah. you know. Coming from martial arts, I'm sure you were like into the explosive, <laughs> you know, yeah. like and the dancer too. Yes. Because I felt like I was already so in my body, mm -hmm. you know, I needed, I wanted a practice that was in my, I was to challenge you to challenge me yeah mm -hmm. quite honestly and I always feel like I was already challenging my mind and my emotions mm -hmm. so I wanted a teacher who could just hold that um and so I, I tried it you know I was like I'm not gonna give up and then a really dear friend of mine who's it's so funny because she takes my class religiously now wow. she took me to Sean Korn's class oh yeah so I was like <laughs> I took Sean's class and I was like that's, that's she made I me do. yeah I fell in love with yoga because it was just so 
bad, badass. Oh yeah, yeah. She's just a badass <laughs> mamma jamma, and um, spoke her truth mm-hmm. and was just so you you know Sean. Yeah, she's and that, in her power. She's in her power, and I, that's what I resonate with because there was a little too much. The classes I think I had gone to that were a little too airy fairy for yeah, me, and they were a little fluffy. out in the ethers. <laughs> and which is fine. I love all the higher chakras, but to me, you got to be grounded in the lower chakras. You mm-hmm. got to be in your strength and your animal and your sensuality and your personal power, because that is as important to really speak in your voice and knowing to trust your intuition and being connected to you know the God of your understanding or your higher power. It's and to me, spirituality isn't just reserved for the higher chakras. Mm-hmm. It's also reserved for sitting in your pain. It's tapas. It's sitting in your struggle at times and going. You know, I need to cry. I need to rinse. I'm feeling pissed off. I'm not going to disown it. I'm going to own this stuff so that I don't keep going out there and creating more because, you know, a lot of people want to do great things, but if they haven't rinsed their shadow, they can go out as the self-righteous, we've seen it, right? The yeah. self-righteous yogi or uh, the, the activist that is, you know, putting so much anger and rage out there. It's not shifting the energy. And mm. I think we're all being sh- some way, somehow right now to shift our own uh, energy and how we put it put it out there. Totally, you know. And I think that's why we see what's going on in the world and the election and all of the the all the different expressions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way of putting it because it, it honestly is just a different expression of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I feel so much so that the current state of the world is literally a reflection of the collective consciousness. Yes. And to, to put it in easy layman's terms, it's like all the people who are in America currently, we all have so such unique views of how we should move forward as a collective community that this has now come to this very distinct dichotomy of you can go with this or you can go with that. Yes. You know? And there's a whole spectrum. (laughs) The spectrum is very vast. Yes. You know? Um, So I think that that's a really good way of putting it. Um, So I I really enjoy that you you first started then, I guess, through the psychological route with Mona, Mm -hmm. with doing these uh, rinse exercises. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you found Sean Korn. Mm -hmm. You started practicing more with her. How did that relationship blossom? Uh, you know, that relationship blossomed in a, a sense that I just, it, it, well, it's funny because it was inconsistent. I didn't mm-hmm. go all the time, but I knew that I was learning to love it. And then it just, you know, it, it built, it built. And I started taking other teachers and kind of trying different styles and, you know, just putting myself out there in different ways. But for whatever reason, because of my background or, um, you know, dance and martial arts and the self-inquiry through the work with Mona, it was really much the vinyasa style that I loved. Hmm. You know, I always say, because when I was a dancer, I was, a, you know, I did a jazz. But of course, you oh. need to take ballet. And of course, you need to do other styles to get the fundamentals. So I would, you know, go to, I felt like Iyengar is the ballet, of, oh. you know, because it is important. So I did some Iyengar to understand um, some of the fundamentals in the, and I do love props. I, I love that, you know, the props and blocks and straps and how it really help. You can tailor it to your own individual needs. Cause I think that is important. Um, so I just, I started exploring. I went on a path of exploration of different teachers and different styles. Um, and I feel like in some ways I'm very self-taught. I mm-hmm. always have been, um, self-motivated, self-taught. I read a lot of books. Um, I had no intention 
I've ever been a yoga teacher. That was just <laughs> the fact that I'm a yoga teacher Did and I'm doing us, this. You know? That is it's just crazy. It's just craziness. Because um, at the time I was working in the apparel industry at that point and just doing my practice and um, I got committed to it. I, I studied with a lot of different teachers. But it's funny, you know, I remember going to, I taught at a festival maybe five years ago at the Tadasana Festival mm-hmm. that Tommy, you know, yeah, Tommy Rosen. Tommy Rosen put it on. And there were some yogis from all over the country and I think of the world that were here and we went to this dinner and I felt slight, I did, I felt intimidated because a couple of people were like, what lineage do you come from? I'm like, <laughs> and I just said my own. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was so I, funny. I just made up my own I just made up my own lineage. Um, not that I hadn't studied, you know, the Upanish- the Vedas and the Upanishads and the mm-hmm. Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. But it wasn't like I had one, but that's what was so cool about it is like yoga is, it, it doesn't have to, I always thought in my head, you have to come to this lineage and you have to have a guru and it may work for some people, mm-hmm. but it didn't work for me. And what I loved about the work with Mona long before I ever stepped into yoga is that she was very much don't guruize me, do not put me up on a pedestal. And that's what made her work to me so transformational. Because she used to say, if you put somebody up on a pedestal, that means you're putting yourself down somehow. And that was the the thing. I had gone to some guru teachers, Mm -hmm. and I have a great bullshit meter. Not that they didn't have great wisdom, but they hadn't owned their shadow. And it was so clear to me, I was like, oh no, you are not my teacher. You're not. I will thank you for the wisdom, but you have not done your shadow work. Mm-hmm. And I saw that was very clear in a lot of, just in a lot of the healing world, not just in yoga, in therapy and psychology. A lot of, a lot of us are drawn to this work because we're trying to figure our own stuff out, yep. right? And, and usually when you become, when you trust someone who's giving you advice, it's usually because you can relate to them. Yes. And there's an authenticity. Exactly. And for me, you have to bring yourself down and we are... And I think that's what's showing up collectively too. We are all the same. We are all, no one is more evolved than anyone else. Yes, some people have, and that's a hard one because we look at some of the people who support perhaps, you know, Trump or we look, oh, you're you're less evolved. That's a judgment. And Mm -hmm. if we go to judge, and I've heard some even spiritual leaders out there saying judgment is is okay and judgment is necessary. And I disagree because I think once you judge something, you put a strong opinion on it and you don't let new information in. Mm-hmm. When you, judgment is the end, you're done. Truth comes with understanding yeah. because it allows empathy. Empathy means I can feel me while you feel you. I don't need to feel for you. I don't need to do your work for you. Doesn't mean I condone your behavior. Doesn't mean I condone or I agree with you. But I have, if I'm judging you, how can we ever have these deeper conversations? If we don't learn to discern and see from other people's perspective, then we, we're not building that muscle. I think we're, asked to, we're being asked to build a muscle of empathy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born in Arkansas and you know, wherever, in the South, and didn't grow up with the certain kinds of- Ideals. Ideals, and maybe I wouldn't be, I grew up in California with liberal parents. Of course <laughs> I'm gonna be liberal, you know, usually. Mm-hmm. So. I think that we're all being asked to have these more difficult conversations. Like, talk about politics yep. and talk about religion. Yep. I grew up in a climate that's like, oh, don't you talk about politics or religion? Someone's gonna get upset, yeah. someone's gonna get mad. <laughs> well, it's okay, it's time for people to get mad, but in a constructive way. Yep. And that's why the anger work to me is so important. I have, oh my gosh, after a couple of the debates, I have been so freaking angry afterwards, I had to go rinse it. And I rinsed it, I rinsed it, I rinsed it, and I did an exercise that it helps me own. And when I can do that exercise, I can see where I am alike Trump or people, his supporters rather than so different. Of course, I'm not gonna go act the way he does, 
But if we don't find some way have commonality of union or connection, how are we going to have these deeper conversations without losing our stuff, mm. without going into projection and blame and judgment, which doesn't make anything change. Wow. That's, I, I really like what you said there and that you do have to go through those exercises to really be able to allow change to occur. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, what are five tips that you could give our Yoga Revealed listeners to help them rinse some of the samskaras, like, you know, just mm-hmm. like the 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 buildup of of emotion that's, you know, that comes with daily life. Yeah. Um, maybe you could give our listeners just like five tips on how to actually get through that, work through it, and perhaps use the rinse method. I love that. Um, first of all, be willing to acknowledge, you know, sometimes I think we're on this path of growth and expansion and we think we should be above it or we should be beyond some of the shadow animal sides of who we are. Mm-hmm. And I always say, remember your anger and your upsets and the things that really charge you are part of your passion. Remember that it's, don't disown it. First go to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So I would say first acknowledge, where is it? Um, and bring it up to the surface because anything that sits in the basement and isn't acknowledged becomes shame-based and shame is like a fungus and it grows in the dark and mm. it grows in the dark. So shine your light of awareness on it and it will just heal. It will begin to drop it, 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 the mold or the fungus begins to heal. And so first acknowledge what it is. And then I would say a great, if you write, I think for me, writing is a great way to let the emotional brain, the right side of the brain have a voice until, and a lot of times our left brain, our intellectual brain will go, well, I get this. It's very, but the left brain sits really close to the judger and the mm. judger is like, okay, I got this. Oh, I don't got this. And it'll start categorizing and work in linear time. We need to give the right brain time and worth. So let it have a voice through writing mm-hmm. and not on a computer. not on a computer on a journal Mm -hmm. because there's something about the kinesthetic transfer that allows you to feel and slow down yeah it slows your brain totally slows you down down to actually have to think about what is most important to write Mm -hmm. i i totally feel that and resonate with that because i keep a journal and i have kept a journal since i was like 12 yeah and so it's it's been you know one of those practices where every time that there's something instrumental or monumental or just like that subtle realization, I write in my journal. Mm-hmm. So it's not like on a time basis. Sometimes I write, you know, five times a week, and then other times I haven't written in my journal for, you know, two weeks. Yeah. So it's just like when those things come up to take the time to really express them in a creative way that is your own handwritten word. Yeah. And it's, have you found too, isn't it amazing how things will come out and maybe epiphanies or deeper Mm -hmm. understandings because you've taken the time to be with it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it really helps you connect to the creative side of your your brain. The Mm -hmm. right, yeah. So the first tip was, was to actually like become aware. And be, yeah, acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and don't judge it. I mean, gosh, it's just like, don't judge when this stuff comes up, especially if you're a a yoga teacher or a therapist or a coach, or sometimes we're so hard. It's like, oh, I should know better. No, you're human. (laughs) Just realize you're human. And as long as you're embodied and incarnated in a physical body, Mm -hmm. you will feel some of these. And, you know, we've all go through, gone through loss, death, breakups, change of jobs, things happening to us. They break us open. So it's important to acknowledge and understand that that's part of the 
that's that's part of the develop the development. Mm-hmm. And then this is a really powerful exercise um, that I I've done throughout my life, and I do with you know Mona taught me, and it's um, in the work that she's done and the work I do with my clients is you write a letter. Now, first thing I'm gonna say is you don't give this to the person. <laughs> this is only for you to rinse all the yucky stuff in your brain. Mm-hmm. Because once you've had a thought, there is a feeling connected to it. And when there's a feeling connected to it, there's an energy and a vibration. It's like once that energy is alive, you have to have, it needs to come out or else it gets stuck in our body on a cellular level. It's sort of like, you know, when you're driving and you throw the brakes on, you almost hit a car mm-hmm. and everyone throws the brakes on, you hear that, yeah. you, you're waiting for that hit of metal and your body has that surge of like, yeah. you're right, that adrenaline, all that through, it holds on, you got to discharge it. So the, the hit may never happen, but the, the surge of all that emotion and energy and adrenaline is there and it needs a way to get out, a way to discharge. And that's just sort of a crass way of saying, you know, like we go through things in our life where we have this energetic discharge and it can be triggering stuff that happened in the past that we haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. It can be sat, you know, loss and trauma, all kinds of things. We've all been through trauma. So it's a way to get this out of, that's why the physical rinse is so great for me, but that's too much to go into right mm-hmm. now. Totally. But doing the writing rinse is really helpful. So if you're feeling that charge with somebody or something, I do this, I do it with my boyfriend. I do it with Donald Trump. Sometimes I do it with someone who triggers me when I teach because of, Lord knows I teach on Main Street, there's people that trigger me. If I don't keep myself clean, how am I going to show up and hold space? So whatever that is, you know, and the people that closest to you oftentimes are your greatest teachers and triggers. Mm-hmm. So wherever you feel that charge, you write, when I look at you, I see, and again, there's, you don't give this to them, but you, when you see, you don't want to edit, like yeah, let all the back. crazy, yucky, bleh, like literally throw it out. And when I look at you, I feel. So you want to do, when I look at you, I see left brain. When I look at you, I feel right brain. Get all of it out, out, out so that you're processing it through. And then I say, take five or 10 minutes if you have it and just take a deep breath and then you turn it around. So that's why you don't want to edit it all. When I look at me, I see da, 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 da. And it's all a, it's all a mirror as you flip it, you flip it. When I look at me, I feel you'd be surprised how much. When you turn that, you can see and feel that is our own stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem with a lot of things in the world right now is there's not enough um, accountability and ownership. So it allows you, it may not be a literal, the same oftentimes it is, but find the truth. Like, it may not be true 100% of the time, but it's probably true a lot of the time. And even if it's true 30% of the time, find the truth go after the truth because the truth is the thing that actually sets you free and when you're able to see it guess what the charge with the other person it's like it discharges the bridge between you and the other person it's Mm. like the codependent bond or whatever kind of funky weirdness happens it just like discharges it because you flip it and you own it and so when you see it in yourself and you can feel it in yourself you're like oh this is mine and then go once you've done the writing exercise and you flip it then I like to go through the steps of owning, like really owning, not just admitting. A lot of admitting, especially in relationships, oh, I've owned this or I've owned that. I'm like, no, you haven't. You've admitted it. <laughs> if you admit it, that's just literal. That's mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how much of this, our behavior has gone in the emotional realm? How much have we felt? A lot of this stuff has happened many, many years ago. So it allows us to time travel in a sense and figure out, am I holding on to something truly in my body, in my energy that I want to 
flip the sums, change the samskaras, mm-hmm. right? We know how deep those grooves can go. They're not just mental grooves, they're emotional grooves, they're psychological, and sometimes they're spiritual grooves. And when we're able to flip that and see it and own it, then we have a shot of really changing it on a deep level, energetically. Wow. So you've given us now two amazing you know, tips towards the rinse. And then you've also given us the the whole method of rinse, mm-hmm. or well, some of it, I'm sure, just a very small amount. <laughs> yeah. um, so you were giving me, uh, you were up to writing. We were talking about writing, mm-hmm. and what would you say is then like the third tip towards actually, you know, getting rid of these these systems that we create in our minds? Well, I think the third, the second tip is writing. The third is flipping. I would uh, say the third is like really the, the flip is big to sit with the flip and the, put, turn all the used to eyes and me's, me, 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 and find where it's ours. So we're not going out there and, you know, in a narcissistic way, it's not all about me. It's like what I see is really a reflection of something. It's like in Lakesh, you are another me. So if mm-hmm. I'm seeing something and disowning it, I gotta own it. So I think the third is really the flip and really sit with the flip. And then I think the fourth would be going through the steps of ownership. The ownership meaning admit it, find it find where it's true it's so easy to go oh that's not true or that no find where it's true dig right admit it and then go through understand i'm just going to go through the brief steps of ownership Mm -hmm. it's admit it understand it like really go to understand hmm do like a little investigation i call it like the investigator understand why and how and what Right. and then go through the depersonalization we're so we take things so personally because we want other people to be for us or we think it's truly it's somehow a reflection of us when it's not it's their own stuff mm-hmm. and this is our stuff so depersonalize cut the cord and once you cut the cord there's no funky bond happening right so depersonalize right and then empathy empathy is the fourth step in the ownership process find the empathy you know finding empathy for supporters of Donald Trump ain't no it's not easy it <laughs> but isn't. it's part of the spiritual work yeah because if we really believe in this yoga stuff that we I think we do that we're all we're all connected somehow mm-hmm. we're all part of this vibration we're all trying to figure it out so we have to we have to find empathy and that means we have to find empathy for ourselves first and empathy for others right and then once you have that empathy prevention and prevention meaning get Creative. Find ways of the next time this happens that you can cut the cord quicker. Or what will you do next time you feel a trigger? Like prevention, yeah. right? So that we can. That's starting to find the new pathway. I've no, have you ever read autobi- autobiography? Yeah. Yeah, in five chapters. the Yogananda. Yeah, and so that you got to start walking down a different road. Yeah. Sometimes you got to keep falling in that hole, right? <laughs> so to start to start down that other road, that's where the the um, prevention is a great thing. It's like okay, I'm going to try a different path. Mm-hmm. But first, you got to acknowledge why you went down that path. Exactly. Right. Because otherwise, you're going to have that draw somewhere inside of you. So once you find the prevention, then celebrate. And I always say this to my clients, don't go out and drink and smoke or do drugs. I don't mean celebrate like that. That's addiction. It means celebrate on a really holistic, soulful level. Wow, this is amazing. We're so hard on ourselves. This is one thing that comes so clearly through is that we can be so hard. I think we're so hard on other people because we're so hard on ourselves. We're so critical. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty. I'm not smart. I'm not... A talented. I'm not rich. All those voices. Now we got to start celebrating when we choose something different because they're going to reinforce that pathway. Mm-hmm. So that would be the steps of how to own something. 
how to really own it. Not just admit it, but to own it. Wow. And then once you own it, how do we go about implementing change? The implementing change is take action. It's, it's to go out there, you know, do the inner work. I, as much as I can in the classes that I teach, I teach strong asana and I teach really great sequencing, I think. Yes, um, you I, do. I, I love my music that I play. Like, <laughs> I love the holistic, I love all of it. I, mm-hmm. and, but what I really try and stress more than anything is do the inner work. I don't care. And I love handstands and I love all the inversions. I do think the yoga world has gone a little crazy with fancy poses. Show. It's, it's gotten show a little rather showy. Rather than the inner work, what you're saying is yeah. like literally what yoga brings up can be addressed right there in your practice. Yeah, and I have really found that sometimes sitting still and, and being in it and sitting in the tapas and burning away is so much harder than uh, doing a lot of moving. Being, yeah, the moving. Because I was a dancer, I was you know mm-hmm. an, an athlete. The physical practice, I love it. I am not poo-pooing that at all. I love inversions and I teach them and I, I teach them well so people understand them in their bodies. And at the same time, I think it's important to remember, don't let that be the thing that's driving your practice. Mm-hmm. Love the outer work. Outer work's important, but the inner work is, is important, if not more. Mm-hmm. So don't let that be a substitute for not doing the inner work. Because, you know, a lot of people are coming new to yoga, and I always say they can, you know, oftentimes only absorb a thimble full of wisdom. Just a thimble, this much. <laughs> and that's okay. So that's why I, it's not a judgment ever. And then the more you come, right, the more you practice, and then you can take in a cup. Mm-hmm. And then the cup becomes a bucket, and the bucket becomes your whole body and your whole being. But it's a process. So everybody comes with a certain ability to absorb and take in, and it takes time. That's a beautiful way of putting it. It's very simple that, you know, every single time that we come back to our practice, that container of light does fill up. And the more that we realize and take action with it, the more that that container grows. And yes. then we almost like overpour with all of this beautiful information, wisdom, and knowledge that we've gained from yoga to then be able to shine that as a reflection back into our world. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to hear a little bit more about your classes now. You say that, you know, you've taught workshops and, you know, yoga teacher trainings. What does your life look like now as a yoga teacher? I mean, and how did it evolve from just starting out to where you are now? Did you start off teaching in Santa Monica? That's a great question. Um, no, <laughs> I actually many years ago moved down from, that's where I practice mostly within Santa Monica or LA, and I moved down to Long Beach, which isn't that far, it's like a half hour south from here. And I started practicing at different studios in different places, and it was different, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Um, but what I really appreciated was the intelligence of great sequence. I guess it's the dancer in me. To me, healthy sequencing is so important. And I just saw sequencing that didn't make any sense and was actually hurtful. I mean, the first mm-hmm. tenet of yoga, Hemza, no non-harming. And just doing poses with no direction to me just seemed hurtful. And so a few friends of mine said, why don't you become a yoga teacher? I was like, oh no, that's, that's just craziness. Well, I don't <laughs> want to become a yoga teacher. So I enrolled in a teacher training down in, um, in Orange County area because uh, I was kind of in between, and, but it was a yoga works teacher training. And I went through it and it was just, it was amazing. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I did not go the traditional route. Most people have to go through, you know, different advanced trainings and mm-hmm. different things. And um, my teacher trainer's like, you're going to start teaching right away. You just are natural. <laughs> and I had taught dance and I had taught horseback riding. So I'd always already taught. I taught 
aerobics when I was 17, so I loved to teach. Um, so literally two weeks after my teacher training, Yoga Works had opened down in Orange County, and it was new, and so they needed some more Yoga Works and, and I guess, educated teachers, mm-hmm. and I started teaching down there for about two years, and my classes did really well, and, um, and I loved it. It was just very natural progression. So I never went through the advanced training or the professional program, which a lot of people do. So that's why I say in some ways I was very self-taught. I just kept reading, I kept learning, I kept learning about the chakra system and how much it really related to psychology and therapy for me. And um, and then I moved back to LA. I had to come back to Santa Monica. I was like, <laughs> I, I gotta come back to my peeps. So I had to come back to my community. I just missed it. Because it's so, you know how beautiful it's here. It is amazing. For yeah. our listeners who haven't come to Santa Monica, can you give a little <laughs> synopsis of the beautiful yoga community we have here? Yeah, I think what's so rich about the yoga community here is that in a short radius, you have a lot of different studios with a lot of different styles of teachers and a lot of different expressions. Um, and so I think whatever it is that you're seeking, you can find. Mm-hmm. And also within that rate, there's just a beautiful like farmer's markets and people know each other. And LA can seem like a big, sometimes overwhelming place, but Santa Monica and Venice is like its own community that feels like, cause I came from a pretty small town in Southern California called Temecula. Yep. Um, and so I like that sort of small town vibe, but I like the progressiveness mm-hmm. and the open-mindedness that it has here. And there's, I feel like there's not judgment about who you want to be. You be who you want to be and there's no judgment around it. And you can find your voice and expression as a teacher and as a student and feel so heard and seen. And there's just a sense of connection and camaraderie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel that there's a sense of mutual respect. Yes. And a lot of people want to do that understanding. I yes. feel it's it's a very progressive place of where a lot of people come to do their self work, mm-hmm. and I feel that the community here is very open. Yeah, it is, and I you know I forget because when I was eighteen, I moved here when I was eighteen, wow. and I'm fifty, which is insane. No way. Yeah, I'm wow. fifty. Wow, yeah. you. Let me just tell you guys, like, <laughs> you guys can't see her right now, but she is absolutely vibrant. Aw. Seriously. Thank you. I would have never guessed that. I, you know, I love to tell people my age because it's not the re- response, you know, it, it feels good. Like, hey, look, I got ego. I'm going to say, yeah, it feels good. But I think what feels so great is because I say this, my mom, because my mom was 12 years older than my dad, mm-hmm. she, I never knew her age until she passed away. Wow. Yeah, because she had so much shame around it. And I see so much shame in our society and, you know, even in L.A. about age. You don't talk about your age. I'm like, why the heck not? It's like, own it. I feel stronger than I ever have. I'm going after this. I'm going to dance class. I still dance. I dance with 20-year-olds, and I dance just as strong as I did when I was in my 20s because I don't let my mind say, oh, you're going to give up or blah, blah. All the Mm -hmm. vritis and all the nonsense that it's so easy to buy into. Yeah. It's your beliefs. It's where you put your energy. Keep your heart and your vibration. And that's why the anger and the sadness and the I rinse it out of me. I truly believe it is the most anti-aging thing you can do. Because you're not going to hold it in and it's not going to take you down. And I think that's what ages us on a cellular level. Mm-hmm. You know? So we have to be really mindful of the thoughts and the feelings and the things that we're not willing to express because it sits somewhere. And where is it going to sit? Unless yeah. we choose to see it, clearly. Wow. You're, you're just giving us these amazing tips. And 
I, I really enjoy it because they're just coming so freely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the gift of aging, too. It's like, you know, I did care more when I was in my 20s or 30s or what people thought. And now it's just like, mm, you know, life's short. I've yeah. gone through death. I've gone through loss. I've gone through breakups. I've gone through a divorce. And what I take away from every single thing is the things that break us down and break us open are the things that actually break down the walls. And the journey is so packed with wisdom. And not to let it take us into victim or shut down or hold on to regret. Um, I think we have to be able to forgive and move forward. And forgiveness is like, to me, the elixir of life. Not only to forgive others, honestly, I've, I've had to forgive myself. Um, and that was harder. People forgave me long before. Of course, I've done things in the past. I would, I wish I could change the way that I behaved or the way I took action. And a few things, not everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had to learn to forgive myself. And that, to me, is like one of those things that um, forgiveness, to like truly be able to let go, is how you move forward. Truth, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I love to give our Yoga Revealed listeners one actionable golden nugget that will help them on their journey. I would say the gold nugget is really learn the tools, whatever that is for you, how to integrate and how to uh, really go to that place of self-acceptance self-acceptance because that is to me the golden nugget of authenticity i think what's being revealed right now is what i relate to is authenticity and we can't be authentic if we're not able to accept all parts of ourselves even the shadowy parts of our personality and can you learn to love those shadowy parts of who you are as well as the the more you know higher frequencies the higher vibration the lower vibration stuff isn't bad or wrong it's just an element that sometimes we're not we we weren't given the navigational skills or tools to deal with just mm. truly weren't so learn what they are so that you can truly accept everything so that you are in your authenticity because in your authenticity you can handle anything that comes your way you hold your light in any situation you put yourself in and therefore you don't avoid you don't disconnect you don't disassociate you stand in your truth and we all need more people out there standing in their truth and loving that truth wholeheartedly wow well mia our yoga revealed listeners are more empowered and more inspired to stand in their truth because of your wisdom today that you've shared with us. Mm. And I truly appreciate you being here on the Yoga Revealed podcast. Where can our listeners find you, whether it be online or in person? Well, it's been a joy and a privilege to sit here and in Santa Monica or Venice, really, and talk to you and share these things that we're so passionate about. So thank you. Um, you can find, I have a website, miatogo.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Facebook yoga page. It's under my name, Mia Togo. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Mia Togo, T-O-G-O, like to go. <laughs> kids used to make fun of me when I was a kid. They'd say, can I have a Mia to go? And I used to hate it. Aww. And now I'm like, you can have a Mia to go. It's okay. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's where you can find me. And in person, you teach here in Santa Monica at Main I Street. Do. I teach at Yoga Works on Main Street primarily. Um, I lead teacher trainings. I'm doing a 200-hour right now, which I absolutely love. And I do a 300-hour program. I mentor the professional program in February, which is almost full. I think I already have 12 apprentices signed up. So I I max at 15. And I love it, love it, love it because 
I love to help newer teachers find their voice. And I'm always saying it's not about me giving you my voice because mm-hmm. they assist me and they take my classes and we have mentor meetings and, but just finding, I know what it's like to be that newer, that younger teacher, that newer teacher, um, on this, this walk of life and feeling insecure and lacking confidence. So I do whatever I can and I give them certainly skills and tools and coaching work as well to help them find their voice. So it's really a privilege to be able to do that. Awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. next time we have you on the podcast, we'll do a whole entire podcast simply on finding your voice. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, we'll have her on again, you guys. Thank you so much for listening today, for tuning into the Yoga Revealed podcast. We are now over 130,000 listeners worldwide strong. Thank you guys for sharing this with your friends and continuing to bring the light to your communities. Have a blessing day. And thank you again, Mia. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. We truly appreciate your listenership. And you can learn more about Mia Togo and her upcoming classes and trainings worldwide at her site, miatogo.com. I truly appreciate you for your dedication to supporting positive expansion and true empowerment. Knowledge is power. Let's spread it. Share this episode with a friend. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright. Namaste. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.